Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Nana Visitor from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. If you like what we're serving here at the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way, and by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today, audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. I've got a bad feeling about it. Oh. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm Space Pants. Woohoo! <laughs> we have Space Pants on the show. We're going well, intergalactic. Well, Space Trousers, really. I like to keep it formal. Alright, well, yeah. Hi. It's, um... Of course Scott it's... Dolly. How did you not know? Oh. <laughs> Shucks. Dude, I've worked already 26 hours and it's only Tuesday. I know, oh my word. Loopy. That I'm not even insane. drinking and I feel drunk. Oh. <laughs> Hi, guys. Well, it's, it's, a, I am. it's great to be here with all of you. That's awesome. Yay. Yay. We'll see each other in two weeks. I know. Less Woo-hoo. than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Miles and I, what are you doing this Saturday night? Miles and I are going to a bar about three o'clock in the afternoon. This Saturday night or the Saturday night of? of no, of- this Saturday night. There's a uh, there must be a what is a Star Wars podcast? Yeah, the uh, Rebel podcast or something. Yeah, so the- yeah, they're having some event at a bar here in Lancaster, and so we're going to go crash it. <gasps> Fun! Oh my god, you should, totally should, yeah, and then you, invite them to be on the podcast. Yeah, you should come. You should come up. Um, I'm going to the pool. Okay, well that's lot. fine. You go to the. Pool. I would right. love. To, I honestly would love to come up if I wasn't trekking all the way to. To Hunt Valley the following weekend too. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Makes sense. It's a little bit further I'm, to our place, so. But I'm so pooped. I haven't even gone to see Incredibles yet. No, me. Well, me neither. So that makes two of us. But. Although I think we should all call it its name in French, Les Incroyables. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa! It sounds. <laughs> what did the Merovingians say when you like swear in French? It's like wiping your ass with silk. Is that a, his line from the what? Matrix? You haven't seen the second Matrix? Excuse me. I have, but it's, you know, 25 years later. Yeah, yeah, I'm blocking. So. Like, well, I've watched one too many times, but there's a scene when they meet, <laughs> when they, when they meet the Merovingian, and he's going off in French, and he goes, I love swearing in French. It's like white Swiss silk is the line. It's just, and it's just absolutely. Oh, my stars. Oh, it's, a, it's the way he delivers it and everything. It's just crazy. So just had to, I, I just thought of it just popped in random randomness so sorry about that. Oh my stars. <laughs> yeah. But but anyways, what what's go, what's what, what's in the menu tonight, Miles? Okay, so we first we're going to uh, dig into what's uh, going on in our sci-fi world. Um we got, we got a lot of news from two of our favorite franchises, uh Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh so we'll talk about uh hopefully a Kenobi movie and some of the new Star Trek projects that might be coming down the pike. And we have an interview that uh, you did with uh, John Broughton from uh, Starship Farragut and Sci-Fi 5 of 5, uh, just some things I'm looking forward to for short leave 40. 
Yeah, and a little note on that interview before we share it, or when we do share it, John Broughton, Miles, was the very first interview the Sci-Fi Diner ever did. Yep. Wow. Episode 11 or 12 or 13, we did a uh, episode on the Trek fan films, and Miles somehow was connected with John Broughton, and even before we were called the Sci-Fi Diner, we were called Dining at the End of the Universe podcast back then, and uh, Miles had him on, and we uh, we talked about it. It was a... So it's uh, kind of fitting we're back here 300 plus, 400 plus episodes later. So, mm-hmm. so it's pretty awesome. So hopefully, um, I know he d- they debuted their last episode at, at Farpoint, but uh, I, it, it's it's been not available on the interwebs yet. So hopefully uh, they'll be showing it at uh, Shore Leave uh, in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so let's go into what's in our sci-fi world. Um, do you want to give us a start? Do you want to start us out? What's going on in your world sure. with our science fiction? There's not not a whole big bunch. Um, yeah. Honestly, I've just been so busy. Um, I I saw Handmaid's Tale. I I'm still keeping up with that, and I thought it was last week was the um was the cliffhanger, which would have been epic and a giant f you to all of us who have been waiting. <laughs> um. And like it just uh, it's unbelievable. But apparently there's a new episode tomorrow, which is great. Great. Um, I've been watching Cloak and Dagger on Hulu. I still don't quite understand it, but I'm going to stick with it because it's interesting enough to keep me wanting to watch it. Um, And then, of course, Jurassic World, which I liked so much better than the last Jurassic World because Chris Pratt was not all Chris Pratty. It was really nice it was really good and it was there were moments that were scarier than they were there were a couple like terrifying moments for me um which was really really good um and i just watched uh, i see that miles has seen this has just seen this but i saw transformers the last kinniget um and it delivered what i thought it would deliver uh but other than that i am going to meet up with some folks and go. There's an open casting uh, for Wonder Woman too, since it's filming here in the DC area. Uh, they're looking for joggers, so I'm going to put on my pink uh, sweatsuit from the '80s, and I'm going to head down there with a hairpiece and big sunglasses and my old Walkman, which still works. Thank you very much, kids, uh-huh. these days. Um, and I'm going to see if I can get an extras role as a jogger. <laughs> That's awesome. That's um, exciting. That is it, awesome. It's really neat. And I've been walking around with my Wonder Woman shoes, is the, my really fun, fancy ones, which I'll wear to the con next week, um, in hopes of running into Gal Gadot to see if she'll sign them. Because um, they, they, they kind of revital, they rebuilt a place called Commander Salamander in Georgetown, which is where I got my first like rebellious piece of clothing, which really wasn't all that rebellious in retrospect. Um, <laughs> but it felt and, rebellious back day. So good. And then a couple of malls around here that are older were given little tiny facelifts for filming and it's killing me. I need Gal Gadot. If you're out there, I just, I just need to meet you <laughs> so that I can like lose my, you know what in front of you and make a fool of myself <laughs> get a yeah. big doofy toothy picture because that's what I do and then regret it for the rest of my life. <laughs> Aww. 
Aww. But I will have met her and that will have been perfect. You will never wash your hand again. But my well, the shoes. I'll wash my yeah, hands because yeah. that's gross. Yeah, it is gross. <laughs> but hey, uh so question for you about Jurassic World. I had someone yeah. that told me, eh, it's just Jurassic Two recycled. That the plot's just the same. As the second one? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I mean, a little bit, yes. I mean, but Jurassic World is basically a recycle of all of of the of all of the movies. Everybody's got oh, let's oh, we've got the dinosaurs. Oh, we've got the technology. Let's do it. But there's a neat. You guys haven't seen it yet, have you? I have. No. Okay. There's a neat little twist where I was, but I figured it out like right in the beginning, which made me mad. Um. But there's a little twist to it that that makes it interesting. Um, and Chris Pratt is actually pretty good. And Bryce Dallas Howard is not running around in, in unex- inexplicably stilettoed shoes. And there's there's like a very sick like. So the plot is they're trying to save the animals from from the exploding island. And this one dude wants to save the animals. Suppo- but then he's got a helper who's helping him save the animals, but he's not saving the animals. He's selling them on the black market and also like doing some creepy genetic stuff. And it's, you know, they made the Indominus Rex and that was a dumb idea. So of course, what, you know, Oh, they didn't learn because no one learns in these movies. Um, it's kind of true from history. They though, didn't learn and they made something else. Yeah. Which was worse than the Indominus Rex, apparently. Just, it's very scary. There's moments where I, I was on the edge of my seat and then I literally jumped. And I'm a woman of some carriage. So for me to like, you know, for cheeks to come off the seat, jump, that's, it was big. It was a big deal. Must have been very scary. It was scary. Mm. Well, very cool. Anything else in your sci-fi world? Are you reading anything? I know you don't read. You're so busy. But. I don't. Um, I'm actually craving something. I'm craving some books. I need a good fantasy series that isn't vampires, that isn't overly, like, just, that isn't, like, overly lyrical, that isn't all in its own business about being, and thus before me, lo, the the fragile fairies of the highlands, as you know. Like, I I want, like, a good story. I might read On a Pale Horse again and that whole series, because that those books are just delicious. Um, and uh, On a Tangled Skein, I think that's the other... That's one of the books in the story. I love that one. That one's so good. Um, I forget who wrote that. On a pale horse. On a pale horse. Um, I loved it so much. I named one of my characters in Guild Wars 2. He's a necromancer. Um, and I named him, what was it? Uh, uh, like some, uh, uh, On a pale horse. Oh, Equus Polydem. That's his name. Because I loved the book so so much, Piers Anthony. I, f- I feel like I'm I'm missing. I'm I'm not finding writers that that draw me in like that. And so I'm I'm interested in in more. If you've got a series that you're reading or have read that's, you know, it, it, that kind of storytelling, um, I would love to I'd love to dive into that. 
Well, let me go into a book that I'm reading. I'll go next if you don't care, Miles. Is that all right? Good. Yeah. So Sci-Fi World, I just got done with James A. Corey, um, Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book in the Expanse, was it Quintilogy? It's a a five-book series. Uh, But the TV show Expanse is based off these books. But the books themselves are pretty phenomenal. They're well-written. They draw you in. They're character-centric. Um, I don't know that it's hard science fiction, but it's very believable science fiction. Like, as far as what we're discovering, what we know of space, like he writes in a very believable way. And the plot's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, so it's good. So I just read the first one. I read the fourth one a while ago because I didn't realize I was jumping into the middle of the series when I did that. Uh, but it's really well written. I'm looking forward to reading the sequel to it. So it might be worth checking out, James A. Corey, which is actually, it's two authors that write under that name. So, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So anyways, so that's, so I've been reading, I've been reading that, um, went through the Martian for the seventh time because after all the Martian, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, I read that, I read that darn book seven times and i still cannot make it through without tearing up i get so emotional i know the parts are coming up and i get so emotional like we're like rescue them they're sharing they find them and they communicate with the like i'm like I'm like running down the street jogging and tears are going down and my son's going dad why are you crying i'm like like <laughs> it's, it's, it's the rescuing mark watney <laughs> but you know and um so anyway so i, I read that book this past month and uh really enjoyed it obviously my son and I are working through a Doctor Who. We uh, we just got done with the Planet of the Ood, and uh, really, mm. really enjoying that series. Uh, we're about, you know, we're in the Donna Noble section of it, and uh, getting ready to see Dave, Dave Tennant leave and enter the Matt Smith era. And I loved, I loved Dave Tennant as an actor. I loved him there as a actor as well. Mm-hmm. Standing as a big cardboard cutout in my classroom at school because you know i like him as a doctor i know he's my favorite doctor but i liked him as a doctor but he's uh, one of my else? favorites yeah i what love a, him yeah i went and uh, uh saw again the um avengers infinity war and <laughs> what other one maybe that's it i'm trying to think that that's probably the dominant ones cool. yeah so, Miles, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Um, so I'm catch, I had to catch up on the season finale of Krypton, uh, The Crossing. And the, the season finale for uh, Supergirl was this past week. And, man, what an emotional farewell for John Johns' uh, father in that last episode. Uh, very well acted by those two. And uh, that had me crying a little. Um, so I, I thought that was a very fantastic season finale for supergirl um i had watched humans the first season when it come on but i didn't know it had it found a way on amazon until m said something a while back and uh since most of my sci-fi shows are on hiatus i i started watching humans and i got sucked right back in i'm like in the fourth or fifth episode now of season two and uh also started watching uh, luke cage which uh has been great I'm, i'm in like the third episode um, it gets so good. It's really good. 
uh, uh, humans or Luke Cage? Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 that won't disappoint, I'm sure. They canceled in humans, um, watching, didn't they? Oh, humans. The the, oh, the British, yeah, yes. the British show about um, human androids, I guess. So yeah, I'm watching that. Um, like M, I uh, rented uh, Transformers last night, and I, I think M said it well. It uh, uh, it met her expectations, it, it, and it, it it met mine as well because I lowered them significantly, <laughs> and. Um, I just said, okay, they're, they're, these movies have been very horrible when it comes to internal consistency and continuity. You're just going to, you know, okay, see Anthony Hopkins interact with Transformers. Maybe some funny lines from Mark Wahlberg and some great, you know, robot fights. And, and it was. It was entertaining. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the, with the franchise. There, There's a... There's going to be a Bumblebee movie coming out sometime, I guess, next year. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, so, I, just like, I, mean, I just like the fact that Bumblebee gets Rickrolled in that one. Yeah, and well, and, and he'll be a Volkswagen bug in that, in, in, in that movie, the one that, that, that's just, just for him. So that, and it takes place in the 80s, so that, that, that should be interesting. I'm reading um, Time Thief by Jill Cooper. Uh, Jill Cooper has written a, a few other time travel novels so I'm, I'm still going through that i'm enjoying that and i just finished reading star trek uh, fear itself by james swallow it was a novel in the dis- in the discovery um era time period um last two novels focused on a character this this character this 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 novel focuses on uh, on saru it gives him a, a um um a story and that was very enjoyable um awesome. nice yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, why don't we go ahead and move into uh, some news that we had? We, of course, were all bummed, or at least, at least I was bummed. I can't speak for you guys, but I was bummed when the Disney said, you know what? After Solo's mediocre response, which, by the way, I'm still irked about because I thought it was a great movie, you know, uh, after Solo's mediocre response, Disney said, you know what? All these spin-off films not gonna do it. Are they are they re are they just rethinking them? Because I keep reading that they they've put them on hold, not that's that they've trashed said. the whole thing. That, yeah, and that's what that's I maybe I, I said that wrong. You're right. They said we're putting these on hold for now, which you know, I understand. I mean, five months after the uh you know, Return of the Jedi comes out, we get solo and it's a bit much Star Wars perhaps for the time, right? Mm. Um I get that, but we did get some news, Miles, that uh, that you put in here. Do you want to talk about this news story here? Yes. So, Star Wars Kenobi uh, movie shock Obi Wan spinoff will go ahead, but there's a big, a huge catch. So, Star Wars Obi Wan Obi Wan Kenobi movie is now uh, rumored to be going ahead after all, but a new report claims it won't be released theatrically. Last week, it was claimed that Star Wars bosses at Lucasfilm were putting plans for anthology tales on hold after Solo failed to deliver enormous numbers in the box office. The company uh, since appeared to have played down such speculation, but today it was suggested that uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan would appear in Episode Nine instead of his own movie. That's now been countered thanks to the playlist, which suggests this movie will be released on Disney's upcoming subscription streaming services and not in cinemas. The reports, the 
writer stresses that I have no confirmation, so we'll have to treat it as a hard rumor, but it's an interesting idea to consider, and one that would certainly generate a lot of attention for the upcoming streaming platform. Uh, the only Star Wars movie with a release date is Episode Nine, slated for December 20th, 2019. Hmm. So what do you guys think? So, mm. so I'll this pay is, to see it wherever it is. <laughs> exactly, you know. exactly. The reality is, for the price of popcorn, drink, and a movie ticket, I'll pay to see this movie on a streaming service. They're pulling, mm-hmm. they're pulling kind of a CBS move. You know, let's put Star Trek only in here to gain subscribers, and there are going to be plenty of Star Wars fanatics that are going to shell out the bucks to join Disney. Of absolutely, I will. They're not yeah. stupid. Yeah. And, and you figure Disney will all, all their Marvel um, properties. Um, you, you figure they'll put put them there too. So, as I understand it, though, the properties that are at Netflix right now, they'll keep the Netflix is doing such an amazing job there that they're they're going to kind of keep them there. Is unless something's changed. Oh, I was just thinking of the movies, but hopefully, like the, like the the Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage series, they'll they'll keep doing because they're they're doing a fantastic job on those. Do you think they'll yank like Doctor Strange for Ragnarok and put loosely then on uh, the Disney streaming service? They'll keep to the they'll keep to the contract, but they won't renew it. Yeah, that's my guess. That's my guess too. Yeah, well, you know, it, it makes it smart, smart move. I mean, if Jessica Jones and all those series are doing well, uh, except for Ryan Frist, uh, if they're all doing well on Netflix, then um, why not? Why not play, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, as the old adage says. Let's do some stuff in Netflix, and we'll do stuff in our own service. Mm. So it makes sense. Now I can, I can see why they're doing it. It, it makes good business sense. I mean, uh, I would. I don't know if I would subscribe to the Disney streaming channel for a long period of time, but to to, to see the, the the Kenobi movie, I probably would at least for you know for the first month, anyways. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we got some news uh, not only about Star Wars, we got some news about Star Trek. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what broke this week regarding uh, Star Trek? So, what's new is the apparently. Apparently, um, CBS is expanding the Star Trek franchise, which might include Patrick Stewart. There was a a blurb that went out that Patrick Stewart signed another five-year contract with Paramount. And according to CBS, um, they're going to develop a new series, kind of like a mini-series that um, has – and maybe some other content opportunities like animation, which – would actually be a whole lot of fun to kind of pair it with the you know TOS um, animation series, um, and then an expanded secret hideout under President Heather Kadin will develop a new original series across a full spectrum of broadcast, cable, and streaming platforms. Um, all I know is like they're they're digging deep, kind of. They're seeing what's going on with Star Wars, and it's always been a stars. There's always a, a star, you know, conflict um, between the two of them, and who's better, and what they can do, and who can make money. And Paramount has seen what Star Wars has been testing out, and 
Um, they had so much success with Discovery. I'm not surprised by all of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're talking about like a series that involves Starfleet Academy. There's one um, that's based on the Wrath of Khan story. And you get like Khan's full deal. Um, then like an animated series who they're not really talking about. There's um, it just sounds really fun. Um, and then there's a third item on the list related to con. It's likely to be like a limited series. Um, and, but that was put on hold. So there's, there's just so much going on. Um, I kind of like that Paramount and CBS are, are being a little bold and going where people have not gone before successfully, um, or going where people have gone successfully, but with their own, um, franchise. I was watching um, The Toys That Made Us. It's a documentary on Netflix about like the toys from when we grew up and the story of the Star Trek toys and just how sad and how they got bounced around and how nobody really cared and how it wasn't until um, um, TNG came out and that's when the revitalization and, and action figures and that's where it kind of picked up. So... Like that's still sitting fresh in my head as I read about all these new things they're doing with Star Trek. And it just it just makes me it makes me very happy that they're giving it a little bit more respect and they're putting a little bit more pride into something that had a lot of potential and has a lot of potential. Right, right. Well, and it makes sense. I mean, you're building on these are iconic stars and just like people are like jonesing to see Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill replies a role. People are right. excited to see the potential Patrick Stewart, you know, the iconic, stoic English captain, right? Well, and but is it going to be? Well, he's the only one who left the planet. He's the only Picard who left the planet. So are they going to go back in time? Are they going to go forward in time? Is he Is he in charge of Starfleet Academy? They really, well... I don't think they're going to focus on him and I kind of hope they don't. I hope it can, it's something ensemble like, um, but it feels good to have this, this broader step back of let's, let's see what we can make with this universe instead of let's see what we can make with this ship. Yeah. Miles, what are your thoughts on this, this story? I mean, I, I'm excited about the idea of some new live-action Star Trek content from uh, Paramount. Um, I'm, I'm happy with any, you know, the idea of maybe some Star Trek miniseries that gives them a lot of options. They could do a, a few different things. Um, I was hoping years ago maybe they'll do they, they could do some kind of Star Trek straight to DVD or something like that, but that, that never happened. Uh, I, I, with Pat, with Patrick Stewart possibly coming back, I, I hope they could give him and maybe the crew, of the Enterprise, a, a better send off than what they did in Nemesis. Maybe they could get a few of the cast members from TNG to be in that. Uh, I know that wasn't mentioned, but Hope Springs Eternal. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, they they can't go right after Nemesis because it's been over fifteen years. But may, maybe there's. Maybe there's a mission where they bring the band back together for one more time to do something that so and and maybe this is an opportunity to give them the send off that they they should have had in, in Nemesis but didn't get uh, an animated Star Trek series sounds really cool uh, I know for, with the academy 
they they've they've wanted to do something like that even as far back as um um the mid 80s uh harv bennett wanted to originally do that but then they they then they decided to do uh um the voyage home so yeah this is this is a good time to be a star trek fan if, if we could we could we could get some new uh new content maybe the next uh next few years that and and that, that's, that's something to be excited for well you know i'm excited to see star trek back it'll be interesting to see and my only concern is i you know I hope they don't pull a Disney where people will suddenly be trekked out. This sounds like a, a trek coming down. They would have to time it right. They'd have to parse it down. And then with, um, you know, Universal is opening a Star Trek world down in Florida. Oh, okay. So, you know, with Disney building their Star Wars attraction, um, the next thing for Universal is to do the same. Okay, so it's kind of the answer, the answer to that. Right. They're limited with the Marvel Universe because they only have certain characters from a certain era, so they can't build out anything super fun. They don't, they're don't. they not licensed, but they have license for, um, for, for Star Trek. They could do something really fun with that. So that would be really cool. That would be. Uh, I mean, we... We don't have an article for it, but there's still talk of another Star Trek movie from the Kelvin timeline. I keep reading things that uh, Zachary Quinto drops uh, something here and there. And so we may not have seen the last of the Kelvin timeline yet either. Mm-hmm. Right. What well, I know, what they were like four and five, are there two more movies are supposedly rumored to be coming out? Is that what, kind of what they're saying? I'm not sure how many movies, but the, the fact that we, we would get another movie out of this, would, I, I think, is uh, is is good because um, there was some doubt with that. So the last Star Trek movie, although critically, I mean, it was very well received financially. It didn't do as well as the other two. All right. Well, anything else we have to talk about regarding news? Anything else that we're missing here and the news from the news end of things? There is other things going on in Star Trek. We could we could probably just have a separate show on Star Trek news. <laughs> so, probably. But um, it, it's a good time to be a Star Trek fan. Any other things that we're missing that you heard about, uh, M, before we go into introducing our interview? Um, No. I, I've kind of had my head down. So when stuff pops up, it's really only stuff that, like, on Facebook, I see somebody go, oh, my God, did you hear about this? And then... Then I've heard about it. Right. But I, I, I haven't had a chance to do a deep dive and enjoy like what's out there. Um, I do need to get back to Krypton on a completely like totally tangential. Um, so Miles probably offline. I'll talk to you and see if it's like and get your thoughts on it because okay. I, I didn't love it, but I feel like I should finish it. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Why don't we go ahead and introduce this interview, this interview with John Broughton from Starship Farragut. Miles, I know you weren't there, but why don't you tell listeners a little bit of a preamble about the significance of Farragut and especially of John Broughton and Farragut? Yeah, so first time I met John Broughton was back in 06 at the Farpoint Convention. He and his team were just starting out and kind of like a demo reel of uh, of some of what they had in mind as far as what what, what they were doing. I mean, they were doing classic Trek 
But today, with a different ship, different captain, different crew, they they managed they they, put, they managed to put out several episodes. They managed to also put out uh, two animated episodes, and um, they're wrapping up. They've well, they've already filmed their episode. So it, sadly, with the new guidelines from um, Paramount. Um, they're not going to be making any more of their uh, independent fi- Star Trek films, at least for now. Um, but uh, they, ha- they have a nice body of work of uh, Star Trek episodes, but with the crew of the Farragut. So so this is the last episode. It was a two-part episode. Is that correct, Miles? My- uh, I, I don't think – I'm not sure it was a two-part. It was definitely – well, it could be it's like a sequel to the le- their last episode that, that, that they did. Um, and this, this episode will probably be like the last one, maybe a little longer. Um, the last episode was almost 90 minutes long. So I suspect this will probably be a little longer to just to wrap up their, their story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Emma, have you, so this is their series. This is this, not a season finale. This is a series finale. It is. Yes. Oh, Oh, I should say, uh, there's a guy that makes cameos in all the Marvel movies and they got this guy to make a, to, to um, make a cameo in this movie, uh, uh, Stan Lee plays a Starfleet admiral in um, in their last episode. So I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty. Done. That's that's amazing. I, I don't know how they managed to pull, pull that off, but that's <laughs> you know that's but that, that's very commendable. That is. So does that make does that make uh, the Starship Farragut series a part of the Marvel universe? Just, ch- just checking. No. I, um, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I mean, but Stan Lee's in no. it. No, Stan Lee. Just because Stan, Stan freaking Lee's in it. Part of the Marvel universe. <laughs> Stan Lee was in um Big Hero Six. Yeah, well, that's not a, part of, the, albeit a Disney property. Are you sure? Not part of the Marvel universe. Are you sure? <laughs> Prove it. I I don't mean to burst your bubble. <laughs> but Stan I Lee, he's kind of like God. He he he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You heard it here, Stanley is God. With like a lowercase G. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, fantastic. Well, so what we're going to do here is I had a chance to sit down with John um, for about, we sat for about 15, 20 minutes, just chatted about Farragut, what's happening, the directions he's heading. He's actually heading into some Bond work. He's going to be doing some James Bond spinoff films, uh, fanfic films. So it seems to be up his line. And so we were talking about that a little bit. And um, we talk a little bit about Axanar and how that kind of, uh, you know, ruined everything for everyone. And um, so there's a lot of neat conversations that happen. So we're going to share this with you. And then after this, we're going to come back and we have a five, 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 five and five again to kind of wrap up the show and talk about five things that we're looking forward to at Shorty. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm sitting down with John Broughton, who has the pleasure of being one of the very first interviews we did ever on the Sci-Fi Diner, about episode 20 or something. I think it might have been even earlier. We were doing a series on fan films. He needed to come on to talk about Star Trek fan films. And here we are, almost eight years beyond that, nine years beyond that, and Mm -hmm. we are still talking Star Trek fan films here. Uh, John, thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with us and catching sure. up with us here in the Sci-Fi Diner. Sure. Thanks so, for having us. Yeah, no problem. So it's been a long ride, and I understand that 
Starship Farragut's kind of having a final chapter coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up? Yes, we're still in post-production of our finale called Homecoming. Um, we, we wrapped up principal photography about 18 months ago, and we're still working on visual effects and, and some of the post-production. We have a rough cut, and so our story is pretty much cemented at this point, and it's just filling in little holes and, and adding, fixing little nuances here and there and really um, enhancing the story. So... Um, and for those of people that aren't uh, familiar with Farragut, it's a Star Trek story set in the original series timeline. Is that right? Am I yes. Right? So, yes. Uh, and uh, stylistically, it looks, it feels like when you watch it, it's like you're just channeling the original series. Am I correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's a different ship, different crew, different adventures, but it's all 60s Trek. Right. And it's a serious representation. It's not a, a parody. Right. It's not like comedy or anything like correct. that. Correct. So. Very good. First episode for Farragut was what? It was called The Captain's Sea. The Captain's Sea, that's right. That's right. And the final episode is going to be called what? The final episode is called Home- <laughs> Homecoming. <laughs> Homecoming, sir. Yes. That's right. Okay. Homecoming. It's been a long day. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, this is something that you created, or was it a collaboration? Well, it, it was, it, I mean, uh, there was, there's one, when we came out on the scene, there were literally, like, I think three fan groups in existence. Hidden right. Frontier, James Cawley's um, Star Trek New Voyages, and, and Exeter. And Starship Exeter wasn't making anything new, but I had seen that, and then later I saw Cawley's work, and I was really inspired by it. And so we, we did Farragut, or Farragut was inspired by, very much so, Starship Exeter. Okay. And then, uh, so how does it feel after almost 10 years of Farragut of kind of putting that to rest? Are you relieved? Are you, is there Yeah, mix? yes, <laughs> definitely relieved. Um, I think all things considered, I mean, where, where we had our studio in Kingsland and the sets and, and then being able to, to sell those, liquidate those sets and be done with that, um, we, in terms of timing, I'm definitely done and, and right. related. And looking at it as in terms of closing one chapter and starting anew. And we were planning to do, um, before the fan film guidelines came out, we were planning to do a spinoff of Farragut called Farragut Forward that was going to be in the movie era, um, so the Wrath of Khan era. And we were planning to take our characters and transpose them in that universe and continue doing what we were doing um, with Farragut, but after the guidelines and just um, didn't really see the point, right? You know, because we had it roadmap to do two episodes, two one-hour films, and it we had a script that Michael Jan Friedman had wrote, the very talented author of Star Trek novels. Just and, chatted with him on the diner a few nights ago. Okay, so, <laughs> great yeah. guy wrote a great story based on the requirements that we had. He gave us a good primer. And then we had this big, episodic, big, you know, huge, epic battle that we wanted to do in the style of Rathacon. And that was all that I ever wanted to do, that, you know, um, both classic Trek and then be able to do something like the Rathacon. But with the fan film guidelines and, and just 
you know, getting older, I think a lot of us wanted to just be done. Okay. And, um, and the guidelines kind of took the wind out of the sails of that a little it bit. It did. And, and I think, too, the whole Axinar thing and Alec Peters, it, it just took a lot out of a lot of people's sail. But me, for me personally, yes. Yeah. So it would have really changed if you were going to continue to change the way you were doing track, really. Yes, and but I think too. I think it, maybe in in some respects it was a good thing because it put the kibosh on it, and you know doing other non-track film projects and stuff. I've I've been involved in some video film work for the federal government, one for the VA, one for the Army, and and just branching out into some other stuff, creative creative wise. So it pushed you out. Maybe yes. to look beyond Trek. Saying, yes. well, this is what's coming down for Trek. I'm not really interested in this. I heard rumors about a Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my, my fandom these days is, is gravitated more towards the James Bond franchise. And I, I do have a, a story treatment for a original fan film uh, in the James Bond <laughs> franchise. Um, one of the guys that we have lined up that we like to use for James Bond. He, we worked with him last year on some parodies, and he's even owns his own Aston Martin and, and knows everything about James Bond. That you, I mean, he's the go-to guy. Okay. And so he'd be great for the role, and um, got one of the gals from For Your Eyes Only okay. on board, and we'd film those scenes up in New York City. Um, it would also. In terms of location, we'd film here locally in the D.C. area and then in Jacksonville, Florida for the exotic beach, you know, the island terrain right, scene. Right. So, oh, so I don't know. A lot of that is still in the pre is still in the planning stage. Um, we'd love to do it. it um, and there is interest in people that I've gotten involved. But at this point in time, I um, things take a little bit slower when I was much younger doing Farragut at 32, right. I could do things, you know, I could stay up till like 2 o'clock at night, you know, weeks yeah. at a time. Now with kids and a house and, and things. That's a bit more and difficult. And I'm 45, so right, right. Things, things are much slower. Right, right. Well, and that's to be expected. What sort of um, life do you think is in the uh, Trek fandom for doing fan films? Are there still people that are gung-ho and doing it despite the... Are the regulations really kind of uh, killed? Uh, I think the regulations really put a kibosh on a full-feature web series format. So if you're looking to do, you know, roughly an hour episode, um, something longer than 35, about 30 minutes or so, and in a web series format where things are serialized, they put the kibosh on it. And um, so there are some that are still trying to do it, but then there are others that, with with the licensing issues and the copyright, or, or the, um, I'm sorry, the, the fan film guidelines, it makes it very problematic. Um, I think there's so much out there, though, that things have been saturated. I don't know how much of an interest is still there. I know Star Trek Continues just wrapped up. You've right. got um, James Colley just recently introduced the Film Academy for his official set tour thing. So people that want to make official, length, um, sanctioned Star Trek fan film, you've got a place to go and work with professionals. And, and um, I never thought that that day would even come. 
right. quite frankly. Just, but so that's that's really good. Um, so I think there's some out there. They'll do their thing, um, but I think the the ones that had a lot of that wanted to do the the what we are used to in terms of web series. Right. I don't. I doubt that that will happen. That would happen. Now the stuff that you have created will continue to be available. Still online, still on our website. Which um, and the website is what again? Starshipfarragut.com. Right, starshipfarragut.com. And, and our homecoming film will be released in the same format. I mean, the way that we looked at we informed everybody. We did our Kickstarter. It was well live and active. And we, we informed people. We disclosed this is our last episode. This is our finale. So we intend to release it in the format of which that people expect so to be about an hour um, and that'll be it and no one said anything I mean what are they going to do shut us down we already announced we were shutting down yeah, right. we were essentially shutting right, down right, right. I mean we've already wrapped right. up we're working you know earnestly to get the, the film out um, but it's yeah. so I don't anticipate any right. kickback right. I don't you know, Did, uh, and then you were never contacted by no I was never contacted um, I mean they were aware of our production and certainly right. but no, you were we were never it. we were never contacted I think the fact that we never used Star Trek in our title the fact that we didn't use the musical tracks of the TOS you know music right we didn't use the Enterprise Delta on our patches we didn't use Kirk Spock and McCoy um, other than a cameo appearance, we didn't use the, you know, it wasn't the Enterprise. So right. we stayed original as much as we could. And I think that that probably helped us in a lot of regards, a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. So, I mean, even though the sets were, you know, original series looking sets, the ships were original series, it was a different. It was, it was clearly different. different. Yes. It was clearly different. It's not like you were recycling Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Correct. Right. So. Just a different ship, different fleet, but everything from that standpoint we had created. Right, right. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for chatting and catching up with us a little bit, and I look forward to seeing what comes down the pike. If people want to find out what's in the future for you or your other projects, how do they go about doing Um, that? Facebook, we use Facebook as our primary needs um, needs of getting information out to people and our fans. our Facebook page, Starship mm-hmm. Farragut. I post things that even things that aren't related to Trek, things that I'm involved with, I post on there as well. Okay. And when do you anticipate the rough cut being the final cut for Farragut? Oh, before the end of the year. Okay. I don't have an exact date. Um, Shortly? But um, that would be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice. It might be doable. Yeah, we'll find out. And it'd out. be a good venue. Yeah, it would be a good venue for it. You know, Farpoint, you know, you just made me think about, we premiered our first episode here in 2007 and that was um, yeah it was 2007 we premiered um, for one of a nail here yes. no I'm sorry the captaincy the captaincy and, 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 and then later at the end of the year we showed the one of a nail for one, thank you yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So. so all right well thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us here in the sci-fi diner yes thank you appreciate it man yeah have right. a good one And we are back. So, uh, Miles, do you want to take away the uh, five things that we're looking for? And um, you and I could chime in at the end 
add anything that we're looking forward to at Farpoint? So this is uh, some things I'm looking for. I probably could have made this 10 things, but uh, that's why we call it a sci-fi five at five. So, but you only do five. But number five, uh, looking forward to seeing all the great costumes. Every year, somebody always outdoes himself. Well, so I'm sure we'll see something something new and, and, and different and ambitious. Uh, Joe Colton's going to be there. We'll see Joe Colton. We're going to have drinks. That's right. Sometime that weekend. Um, so so that, 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 that'll be cool. Uh, this is a new one I thought of, but your son inspired this. So special spontaneous moments, like when Scott's son photobombed Marina Sirtis and Kevin Sussman. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm thinking there's got to be something like that this year round. I, 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 so I can't wait to whatever that is. We'll see what Kiefer gets up to, right? <laughs> to tell Kiefer not to disappoint us. Yeah. Okay. No pressure, buddy. No, don't right. don't egg him on because who knows what he'll do. Yeah, so that's true. We'll be we'll be escorted <laughs> out of the stars. hotel. But <laughs> <laughs> um, looking forward to interviewing the great celebrity guests that are there. Uh, they have a v- very impressive guest list. And number two, uh, meeting probably the man who started my foray into science fiction, the great William Shatner. I'm going to shell out the bucks. I'm going to get a picture with him. So, and hopefully see one of his sessions on that Saturday. But um, this is a might be one of the last times to get to see the Shat. But he's been around a while. He might outlive us all. Who knows? And, and number one, and number one, uh, seeing old friends that we only get to see once a year, like John Heather Frazier, uh, Lou, Star Trek novel authors plenty of others and hopefully we'll make some new friends uh while we're there yeah absolutely absolutely um so by the way the celebrity guests the only people i've heard back are the okudas so we are definitely interviewing them on friday it's just a matter of when mm-hmm. so that is confirmed and the rest i haven't heard back from but typically uh i mean i heard that the guy was forwarding our emails to them so they're aware that we want to interview and the only people we've been outright denied is of course uh in, Ming-Na. yeah ming na and shatner himself because they're only there one day and they're right of, they're kind of a big deal so yeah mm-hmm. they're kind of a big deal a little bit a little bit a little bit so uh but em anything what else are you looking forward to i like seeing the costumes <laughs> the costume parade is always kind of fun oh yes um i like having those moments where you're in an environment where you could say anything and the either people will agree or disagree with you. You have a conversation about it or a heated discussion. And in the end, you're still just buds because we all like the same st- stuff. So being in that safe space, um, I am not looking forward to, cause it happened the last couple times there. Sometimes you get that person who, doesn't get to be their true 100% selves in their real life. So they kind of overdo it in an environment where they, and it's great that they feel safe, but there's a, a level of like, okay, I get it. You're super excited. You don't get to be super excited like this. You're not 12. Don't yell at me because I'm standing in front of like a Marina Sirtis doll that I am also interested in. This is not just your doll. Per, and you know who I am. You know who I'm talking about. I don't know <laughs> if she's listening or they. But um, I see this person at every con and at every con. 
this person gets very fussy. So I've decided that this year, you know, should this happen again, that I will just hug her, him, them, um, and tell them it's okay. It's all right. I, I, we're all here for the same fun reason. And then maybe just maybe they won't like hit me again with their like costume. Like they did last time. That's all I was (laughs) apparently like, I was for, (laughs) that's not the right. I was blocking their view of a, of a particular item. And, um, it was to them a very horrible thing for me to have done, but I was also interested in that item. Um, so I'm coming to the con with a perspective of, we are all there for suit for fun for the same reasons. And we will all respect each other and be kind to each other and have a blast. Sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Yes. That's what we should do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. I, I don't know if there's anything else. I, I do like the idea of sitting in the bar recording over mm-hmm. drinks. We could bring Joe in on that conversation if she's interested. Mm-hmm. And would, Heather and Fraze. Oh, absolutely. Bring them all in. All, we need a drink at night with them. So Yeah, absolutely. That would be fantastic. I'm looking for that, that forward to that and uh we'll see see where we go. But all right. Well, I think that's about it. And uh anything else I'm missing here before we wrap up the show? I, I think we covered it good. Yeah, we did a good job here. Well, I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. This is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to shore leave. Yeah. Hey, I need a, I need a, and an, I need an escape. So this you do. is, it's fun to escape to a fun, safe place. Yeah, hopefully absolutely. this will be a shore leave for you. Shore leave yes, to remember. That's my plan. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy, rough couple weeks. So just to, if I'm not at a panel, I'm totally just gonna sit in the sun. Yeah, and just go to the pool. Yeah, because pool. After all, pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the show and we'll see you guys at Shore Leave. Oh, by the way, if you're going to go to Shore Leave, shoot us a line. Let us know that you're going to be there and we'll be looking for you. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wasn't someone did. I wonder if anyone off. Um, was it with Joe Colton? If they texted us a selfie with her? No, that was Mary Fan. Mary Fan. OK, um, is Mary's going to be a short. She will like, be nearby. She will be. Okay, so, so I still hold that up. Like I have some fun, like swag, like limited edition stuff that I've gotten that I'm trying to clear out of my house because I I, I have just too many collectibles. So if you text a super fun, nice, respectable, like respect your space picture with Mary Fan, um, I will find you at the con and I will give you something super cool. Yeah, put it up on our Facebook page or something. Like Cope. You got it. That sounds good. That sounds good. And I still have, I don't have a word on our panel. I want to do a live recording for like a panel. And I, thought we could, I thought we'd give away tons of crap then too. So. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the show? Miles, take us out. All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We will see ya. Do your space pants. My name is Jonathan Cummins. And this song is called Space Pants. Begin transmission. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for My pants! Boys and girls, I think you'll find that my pants will blow your
speech for my grand finale is my extremely close friend, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to report my friend Gwen Stefani is wearing space shorts. the conversation the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you send your comments and feedback to the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or join our facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner